Welcome everybody to the Heat Assist Podcast. My name is Carson and I'm joined by my two friends, David and Steven. And today we're just going to talk about what we think are the number one duo in the NBA as of this season. Why don't we start off with Steven, you want to go first? Who do you think is the uh, best duo in the NBA season? I think it's pretty clear. I, I posed this question to Carson and David last time we got together for the podcast and you know, to me, it was pretty simple. Um, I think the Lakers have the best duo in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You have two top five tier caliber players who could carry a franchise by themselves. And I think what they bring versatility and just sheer capability of doing things on the offensive end, defensive end, being able to play, make, score down low. Uh, I guess the only thing they wouldn't have as a duo is a uh, consistent three-point shooting, but otherwise they can pretty much do anything, cover any position. And I know they're kind of bigger people. LeBron is six eight, Davis is six ten, but I still feel comf- comfortable if they were to switch into point guard, uh, defending point guards. I, and you just see that they're able to do pretty much anything on the floor as a duo. So, clear answer for me. LeBron James and Anthony Davis the best duo. I think the second best would be the Bucks, just because Giannis is so top heavy when it comes to comparing any other duos. But Chris Middleton is a very good compliment to him, being that Antetokounmpo likes to play down low, and Chris Middleton is a very prolific and efficient scorer from long range. If I had to pick a second uh, duo, it would be the the Bucks duo. Yes, um, that's interesting because I also picked the Lakers. For many reasons you mentioned, Stephen, but I think they're the best duo just because they're not only the best offensive players, but also one of the best defensive players in the league, not just on their team, but in the league. LeBron leads the league in assists, and he's not even their starting point guard, but he, he does so much for this team, get everybody involved, and Anthony Davis just, even though they uh, they don't start him at center, he eventually does close out center, but he no matter where he starts and no matter what position he plays, he's always in the running for defensive player of the year, great defensive presence and LeBron James as well. And you said it too, Steven, they're so versatile offensively and defensively. They, they offer so much to this team. Um, just to give an example that LeBron James, when he's off the court, the team is a negative 10.8 in offensive rating. He does so much for this team that it's so detrimental when he's not on the team because they don't really have an air ball handler. And I think it proves in the record, the record shows just, you know, the Lakers, how great they are with, this, with these two superstars leading them. And definitely seem worth it to gut the team for these for Anthony Davis, which I don't feel the same for the other Los Angeles team where they gutted the team for another superstar. <laughs> I don't think that one paid off too well, but I'll probably discuss more of that later. But actually, in your second pick of the, for the Milwaukee Bucks, Chris Middleton and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I actually have... I think Brooke Lopez and Giannis makes a better duel just because in our last podcast, I was really high on Serge Ibaka for the Miami Heat. Uh, I think the Miami Heat should try to go for Serge Ibaka in free agency. But you know what, David? I kind of agree with you that uh, <laughs> Brooke Lopez and uh, Giannis make a better duel. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Brooke Lopez, he does. I mean, he's not as offensively talented as Chris Milton, but he. He space he still space the floor, but unlike Chris Milton, he he protects the paint. He guards the other team's center, so Giannis doesn't have to. 
And he, he allows Giannis to roam in the paint, acting like a free safety, sort of like LeBron, because you have a competent center, Brooke Lopez, to protect you, to protect the paint, to fix up any guards that, you know, slip past the defense. And it's no it's no coincidence the Bucks are number one, the number one defensive rating team in the league. I mean, I think Brooke Lopez is a heavy part of it. His defense and his ability just to space the floor for Giannis is crucial. I mean, so the numbers also, doesn't really show it, but I think Brook Lopez is really. I think you also have to add that uh, Brook Lopez wasn't a shooter when he entered the league. He was a post player. You can make an argument when he first start when he first came into the league. He was like probably one of the better number one or number two centers in the league when he started mm-hmm. with the uh, with the Nets. He was pretty good. He averaged a double. He's averaging a double double. For sure. I mean, it wasn't until like these past uh, few years that he started shooting. For me, I kind of agree that Brook Lopez and Giannis are better. <laughs> they make a better duo. It's a better duo. But yeah, I completely agree with you guys that the uh, Lakers are Anthony Davis and LeBron James. There's no argument with that. I mean, they're also, I mean, you don't even have to look at, if you even just take out the uh, how much they're scoring and, and whatnot, just look at their record. They're number one in the West. And the West is really hard to be number one right now. Mm-hmm. With 49 wins so i mean they deserve it that those two i mean if those two aren't playing well nobody on that team is going to be able to pick up the slack there's no contest and actually for me my second i don't actually i don't have the bucks as the second best duo i actually have the boston celtics as the second best duo and i have the young uh the young forwards jason tatum and Jalen brown as the best duo second best duo in the league just because of their potential you know, they're two young stars. I think only the dirtier uh, in the league for them. They're assigned to long-term contracts. They're going to be with this franchise for, you know, multiple years down the road. And both of them are having, like, career seasons. And you would think they could continue this trajectory or at least or improve upon it because they're so young. Definitely in the future, in next year or and even beyond, like, this duo, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and not Kemba Walker... <laughs> Uh, could could potentially be the best duo in the league. Yeah, what a the damn. They're also not injury prone or not too injury prone, but it's just I, I like what I've seen from these two players. So I was not confident about before the year started. Uh, you know, they didn't have they did not have a good second year, but this third year they actually showed a lot. Um, and just it this this duo has the I think the most potential out all the remaining duels in the league. Hmm. Carson, did you have a second best duel besides the Lakers? Well, I didn't, not really. <laughs> I didn't have one. For me, I didn't pick like a second best duel. I I mm-hmm. did have uh, duels that I thought underperformed. I had an underperformed duo, mm-hmm. a, a duo that I thought underperformed. I have one that I thought overperformed. And then I have one that's uh, underrated. Hmm. Pretty much all three of those. I'll go with the underrated first. Okay. I'm pretty sh- for me the most underrated uh, duo in the league right now is Miami Heat with uh, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Mainly because nobody thought that they were going to be number four in the East. Everybody thought they were going to be number seven or number eight and just like crawl into the playoffs. But now they're number four. Yeah, no one Not thought only, that Bam would be yeah. an All Star this year. Exactly. Not only that, but Bam is an All Star. <laughs> First-time All-Star. That's the most underrated duo. I feel like Heat fans saw it coming. That's why a lot of fans were happy when, when Hassan Whiteside was shipped out for 
as a salary dump. Yeah, let's not talk about Hassan Whiteside. That's like a, that's a completely <laughs> not worthy. That's a completely. I mean, uh, I would argue Bob could have been an All Star last year if that bum Hassan Whiteside wasn't taking his place <laughs> and hogging his spot. <laughs> yeah, let's. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to go into that. <laughs> let's not go into that. Let, let's let's stay on topic. <laughs> Yeah, the, go on. That's on white side. That's a that's a different story. Now, the duo that I thought underperformed, and you guys might agree with this, is uh, the Philadelphia 76ers with uh, Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid. Mm. Ooh, David, you don't agree? No, that's not my pick for most. That's, yeah, Dude, I agree with underrated, David. Underperformed. They're supposed to be number two in the East. I, I can see your argument. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you're wrong, Carson. I do think they underperformed, but I think what David and I are getting at, I think we have another pick that underperformed even more. <laughs> Wait, which one is that? I'm kind of curious now. The Jazz. Uh, well, I guess, I guess I'll say it. I, we might have different teams, David, but I think oh. that the Clippers duo underperformed. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> that Kawhi and Paul George, oh. and a lot of it might have to do with injuries, which, sure. you know, but... It's still we're we're basing this on what we see and what's been happening, and unfortunately, it doesn't seem like Paul George is fully healthy. It seems like he they're both kind of on and off and not being able to play together often. But mm-hmm. I do feel like they should be. I mean, I thought that that team would have been a lockdown defensive team, which doesn't seem like they are there yet. I don't feel like their their chemist their chemistry is there on the offensive end as well, but. Well, with all that being said, I do think that once the playoffs, if they do come around, mm-hmm. they're the kind of team with the type of veteran player that would completely change the dynamic of their attitude during the playoffs. They would be a lot more intensive, intensive during the playoffs than they are now in the regular season. So, but since we're talking about the regular season now, I do think they've been underperforming a lot. They should be number one. I thought that they would have been a better team than the Lakers. So, with that being said, I do think the Clippers are. They're underperforming this season. I honestly thought the Clippers are what they are, and I thought this was the best that they can get. Really? Because you it know, was they, it, I, Paul yeah. George and I mean, Paul it was already reported eight games together. I know, I understand that, but it was already reported at the beginning before the NBA season started when they got Kawhi that they were going to manage Kawhi's minutes. Mm-hmm. So you already knew that their record wasn't going to be number one. Well, it's not. I mean, come I, on. I mean, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not surprised by that at all. Well, to counterplay your argument, it's not Kawhi that hasn't been playing. It's Paul George. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's also been injured, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fault him for that. Oh no, clearly it's not his fault. But it's uh to to your point to counterpoint your argument is that it's Paul George who said after surgery last year after leaving in Thunder he had double shoulder surgery that he's been feeling the best he's ever felt, but. It doesn't seem like it's playing yeah, out that way. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there was high expectations for Paul George to, when coming off this surgery or coming back from injury, and just uh, he's been, I guess, inconsistent. Um, well, just not up to his level, especially last year where it was considered like he was playing at an MVP type yeah. level. Yeah, play like around third option as MVP candidate, right? Mm-hmm. So he's definitely not to that level. And okay, I can agree with that. But yeah. come on, you guys gotta admit though, the the 76ers, they were <laughs> supposed to be number two in the East. They're number six now. I I, I feel like a lot of that also has to do with Al Horford not living up. But this is this, this is very different pre-season. team. 
Yeah, I understand that, but this is all pre. This is all the preseason, preseason predictions, and this is exactly what they th- people thought. You could. I, I mean, I, everybody I thought they were number two. I know, Some I, people I, even I, thought they were number one. I thought they were number one. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. think they were going to be number one. Well, I thought they would beat the Bucks in the playoffs to eventually be in the finals if it got to that point, but I don't think that anymore, clearly. But that is a good point, though, that because of their dynamic, doesn't seem they have improved since last few years, mm-hmm. couple of years, which I thought it would. Um, you know, I, I, I do agree that they are underperforming, especially as a duo, especially since... Mm, it doesn't seem like they've taken steps to kind of complement each other, right? We've all expected yeah. Ben Simmons to at least attempt some long-range jump shots, not even three-point shots, right? Just <laughs> long-range jump shots. He's taken maybe three the whole season. I might be wrong on the exact number, but it's like a handful, like literally a handful. And I think who who was it? Someone uh, in the on ESPN made a good point that the fact that Ben Simmons is not trying to complement Joel Embiid's sets of skills, it's which is very clear what he needs to do. He just needs to shoot jump shots, right? The fact that he hasn't tried to do that, it puts them on a downward trend as far as me expect. What what what's for me to expect out of them? They're not doesn't seem like they're trying to take the next step to become a better duo. It seems like they're just kind of watching out for themselves. And to me, I completely agree with Carson. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, I, I'm. I am too. I. I guess I wasn't that high on that duo in the first place. <laughs> Less expectations for me, but I, I I just feel like though I'm just talking from a media from the media perspective. Mm-hmm. Their expectation for the 76ers was really high, yes. and their placing right now is not what people are expecting. Let me and let just me... to uh just to answer your question, Stephen Ben mm-hmm. Simmons has attempted six three pointers. All right, that's total close. <laughs> total. <laughs> But Total he's at what? He's at what? He's at thirty-three point three percent. He's made two of them. He's an average three-point shooter. He should keep taking them. <laughs> well, not average. He's actually below average, but he would be statistically viable to shoot the three-point shot. But I do have a question for you guys, as far as underperforming duos. What is your, what are your thoughts on these two teams? The Houston Rockets and the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, that was gonna be my one of the teams I mentioned Under, was my pick. <laughs> underperforming duels. Yes. I'll go since I I had the Portland yeah. Trailblazers as it was usually it, for me it was a tie between the Clippers and the Trailblazers. Now Damian Lillard had a monster season uh, this year, but yeah. since we're talking about duel, I would say CJ McCollum yeah. has not been having or hasn't really lived up to expectations. And for me, I don't think it's entirely their fault that the Portland Trailblazers are not have a losing record or not predicted to make the playoffs. I think what's even more worrying for me is that these two players, these two quote-unquote superstars for the Trailblazers are making huge amount of money yeah, for up exactly. to 20, the year 2023, five years, five-year contract. Damian Lillard is going to make in his last three his last year of his contract, he's going to make $50 million. CJ McCollum's going to average over $30 million for the rest of his contract. And they need to get rid of him. I, <laughs> he's going to pass. His contract is outpacing him already. I really like CJ McCollum as a person. I like his game. 
But yes, he is getting overpaid. He is getting paid like a superstar, or mm-hmm. at least a second option. I think he's a a third option at best for a a contender. And so, if the Blazers are banking on CJ McCollum to be that second superstar, I think they're in a, a world they're of in trouble. trouble. Yeah, I can't blame the Blazers for for that for their for the season. They were also mm-hmm. injured, so I'm not I'm not gonna I can't fault them. I, I guess them for that. part of my argument for towards Dave, uh, Davis' reason to blame, put a little bit of the blame on CJ McCollum, is that it, it was an opportunity for him to step up as far, just on a yeah. production standpoint. But, but, but I like do agree with you, David. should have inflated. Yeah, that uh, CJ McCollum, yeah, his numbers should be inf- should have been inflated, when uh, especially when um, Damon Lillard was out. And he mm-hmm. was the number one option. Yeah, it's not, like, it's not looking I, good. Yeah. Even for Damian Lillard, his contract is gonna be ridiculous. Fifty mil. I'd I say think he deserves it him. though. I say good for him, man. Yeah, that I, guy deserves it. He is yeah. such a good leader, man. Like yeah. CJ McCollum, Lillard, they're such good leaders for their team. It's I really appreciate the fact that you know even though they're not, you know you wouldn't put them either one of them as number one option on a contender, which I hate to say, but I like Damian Lillard a lot. Because of his uh, leadership qualities, he always says the right things. He always, you know, he's always trying to willing to carry his team no matter what the cost. And I give him a lot of credit for that because a lot of people lose their, you know, they'll see. There's some players out there who get aggravated by the media and say some really dumb things and mm-hmm. kind of bring really bad attention to the whole team. And I think Lillard does a great job in keeping the whole team focused, not putting them in the media. Not saying anything bad about him. Like, he is a great leader. And I really appreciate him for that. Not to mention that he's obviously a great player, too. But, um, yeah. I To me, the Trailblazers, uh, Carson's point is very good. They had to deal with injuries, but, you know, which puts them, which gives a good explanation as to why they're not in the playoffs, which makes them be underachieving. But I would feel that if CJ McCollum would be producing more, stepping up more, I think they would have been doing a lot better. I agree with that. I, I can see that point. I do want to bring my attention to, though, what do you guys think of the Houston Rockets? I'm surprised you even have the Rockets in there as underperforming. I, I just had a high expectations for them. But oh, I, I, I guess that's, that's the opposite of me. I had low expectations for them. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't, I wasn't surprised about them. It's two MVP caliber players. Harden and Westbrook. I would expect them to be in the third seed, fighting for the third seed or second seed in the mm-hmm. regular season because I saw them as a very heavy winning team in the regular season. But I feel like yeah. they've been kind of struggling. And I think that's why I'm kind of placing them as underperforming, an underperforming duo, which I feel like it would have turned it like a couple of weeks back before the season got shut off. That's when we started seeing Russell Westbrook starting to really be a key weapon for the Houston Rockets offense. Right. And I think that it, ha- it didn't click early enough. And I think that's why they've been getting as many losses as they've had. But I think if the season would have went along, I think they would have made their way up on the rankings. And I think they would have been performing much better. But I- I'm just curious to see what you guys think of the Houston Rockets because I kind of had a very high... I-, I thought they would be very good in the regular season. Oh, I had low expectations for them. I didn't think they would do that duo was going to work at all. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's worked. They're, it doesn't seem like they mesh together well because they, they had to their trade. Their skills don't 
their skills don't uh, coincide with anybody. They're both ball. They both need the ball. Right. Or they, as what Charles Barkley used to say, dribble, 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 dribble. See, I can. I would That's like to counter argue that. Like, I think if Harden was willing to become a a spot up shooter and let Westbrook just be the ball dominant driver to the basket, and and just have Harden take open catch and shoot three point shots, I think it would have been fine. But I think they. He is stuck in that mindset of like I gotta do my thing and just dribble, 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 and shoot. But I think like he he would compliment Westbrook very well in that regard. Westbrook is a dominant ball handler. He'll kick out to whoever's open in the perimeter, including James Harden. And Harden's a good three point shooter. I mean, he's not like the best, but he's an efficient mm-hmm. three point shooter. I think that would have worked out. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it. it I'm disappointed too because I thought they would mesh together, but you know they had to trade Clint Capella in order to even allow Westbrook to to even perform this well, and you know going unorthodox style of play, going really small ball just to allow. You had them as number one, right, for your preseason prediction in the West. In the West, Rockets? Yeah. No, I didn't have. Maybe number two, but I didn't have them as number one. But yeah, I would say it's a little. Un- I would say it's a little disappointing as a duel, just because they don't seem to work well together, and the Rockets had to trade away their center in order to unlock that lineup. Like it was two pieces that didn't really fit together that well, and they had to change their entire lineup, change their entire team, just to just to allow the two superstars. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. It's a good point. All right, I, I just thought of another duo. What do you uh-huh. guys think of the Denver Nuggets? Are they underperforming? And the reason I say this, I, I, I can, by the silence, I can tell that you guys are confused by my question. I think Nikola Jocic is playing pretty well. I'm not as high on him as Carson is as an MVP candidate, but I'm bringing this to light because I don't think Jamal Murray is playing to his contract. What do you guys think? I yeah, then, yeah, it doesn't seem. I had right. them. At, I had them as my num, uh, num, uh, number two in the West. They're number three right now. What do you For think my, of Jamal Murray's performance, though? Do you think he is performing I, to his expectations? I thought he was. I thought he would take a next step up. Right. Clearly not. Yeah, he doesn't he, seem. He, he seems the same. Like he hasn't made any improvement whatsoever. So, I feel like he's just the same. Yeah, I, I was looking at his stats. It seemed like his two-point per- field goal percentage went up a little bit, but his three-point field goal percentage went down a little bit. And I thought that was his specialty. He's a, a shooter. Mm-hmm. But he's only shooting like 34.5% from the three-point line. Yeah, that is not good. And, yeah, I he he's getting paid as a second option for the Nuggets, right? I don't think that's going to get him anywhere. I mean, it, his numbers are still good. It's just that... They're very similar to last year. You expect a big boost. You yep. expect a big jump, especially for a very young player. You know, only his fourth year in the league. You expect him to to be a lot better than what he is now or some type of improvement. And it's just, yeah, not too much. You could argue he got a little worse too. So, yeah, it's definitely a big disappointment. Um, Will Barton played better, Is has improved more than him <laughs> this year. But I'm one, I'm not going to count on him being the being the second option. The second option was supposed to be Jamal Murray, but he yeah I agree with you guys. 
but I wouldn't put I wouldn't put them as underrated. I think they're exactly the what they are. They are what okay. they are. Okay, that's fair. Because I didn't have them. I didn't have them be number one. I had them as number two, but now they're number three. So it's not that. It's not that big of a discrepancy. And same thing with the Rockets. I'm surprised you picked the Rockets as underperformed. I, I I had them as number number five in my preseason prediction. They're number four. So yeah, I had them at three. I think I had them at three. Yeah, pretty sure I had them at they, three. They are what to me. They are what they are. Okay. Alrighty. So who do you think is uh, overperforming? I guess unexpectedly doing much better. Or I think you said the Heat, right? Or did you have another team? I had them as well. They're the uh, well. I mean, you could count them as an overperformed and underrated. Okay. But to me, it's the Heat. Yeah, for sure. Like it's there's no there's no question. I mean, they're number they're what number you, four, well, and they were supposed to be number eight. I mean, I pick I put a lot of stock in the record. If your record is not going to reflect their skill, there's no point. Let me put this duo into that category. Let me know what you guys think. Luka Doncic and Chris Porzingis overperformed. Yes. Okay. Uh, so the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic and Chris Porzingis. Yep, that was my pick as well. What I do you guys think? I, I, I could agree with that. I agree with that. What say you, David? You said oh, yeah, that's, that was, your, that's your pick as well? Yeah, besides the Heat, yeah, that would, that would be my second pick. Just well, because it, you have... Is it just because of Luca, right? No, I would say Christopher Zinkin, he's been performing better than... Anticipate. He does... He, he's crucial to their lineup. Um, just because... He's an offensive, a consistent three-point threat, and he could uh, defend the paint, or at least block shots. Um, you know, very similar to what Brooke Lopez provides. Not not as great of a level as Brooke, Brooke Lopez, but it's the same, um, you know, same type of play. Just spread the floor, keep the f- spacing open, get the lane open for... Luka Dantage and just hit threes. And he does. He shoots a lot of threes and he, and he could make threes and he could block shots. So, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think, I, I don't think most media had the Mavericks as in playoff contention or even having a winning record. So I think they definitely overperform. Yeah, I agree with David. And that's the main reason why I thought that they should be considered is because, you know, they have over. Um, perform better than most people expected them to, especially with all these injuries. Like they lost some major key role players that you know they're they're gonna be gone for the whole season. And they've been, you know, at one point I think they were like number two or three in the West. And then as the injuries came along, they started performing. You know, they, they took a hit, but they're still there in the seventh or eighth seed in the West, I think. And Luca is just playing, been playing out of his mind, right? Second mm-hmm. year, playing at an MVP level, and I think his for me, it's all about Luca. When you're considering the duo, uh, he's just been performing out of this world, given his age, and he's only like I said, second year in the NBA. I think he's gonna be MVP candidate for many years to come, and as long as he stays healthy. But with that being said, I think that Christoph Porzingis is. Uh, I don't know. I don't think his his value is up for his contract. I think that he. I would completely be, agree with that. 
I think he's more of a third option. I'm surprised you picked that. He got back from injury. Mm-hmm. One, it could be potential there. There, he he hasn't played in, in over a year. You know this optimism that he'll improve as the season as the season progresses, as he gets more game, he get used to the to the daily grind. To David's point, he's doing better statistically on the offensive end, better than his average career, his career average. So, and that's coming out out of a you know very significant injury. So. Mm-hmm. The, the thing I, the thing I want to argue about that is, the reason I didn't have him as as a overperformed is because even though Luca has played above what we thought, I didn't I didn't have him picked as an MVP candidate. He's a, definitely an MVP candidate this year. Right. It, it's because Chris, I thought I thought Christoph Porzingis was Christoph Porzingis. I thought he would play okay. better. I see. So Off I, an injury and, year. <laughs> yeah. I, I, because he has, he's playing with another superstar. So even he if he was injury prone, he was still, even though he was second he option, missed entire season last year. I thought he'd be. I thought he was fine. By missing a whole season, you think that's fine? I, I think what Carson's trying to say, and this is what I think as well, <laughs> is that this is Porzingis is going to give you, uh, even next year. I think this is his potential. He's going to be maybe a twenty point player, maybe a ten rebound player with decent three point shooters. I don't know what people make him. People make him out to be a great three-point shooter, which he's not. He's just like very tall. He can shoot very well, decently from his for his size. This season, he's shooting thirty-five percent from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. This is his potential, and I think with this, is you know, to me, I don't think that's a second option caliber type of player. You guys are judging him way too harshly. Oh, no. back from injury I always only being thought, 24 years old even I mean even I, when he was in New York I always mm-hmm. felt like I like I, 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 I did I not understand why him. people was like so high on this guy I'm like what are you talking about he was so good he was good in New York because he's still why, young he has potential this his is numbers are exactly, now doesn't that, mean he's stuck at this level he has growth he could continue to improve he hasn't even reached his prime yet this exactly that's I, the reason I, why I didn't have him as my overperform because I thought he'd be I thought he played better. Well, to I, I didn't think this was. I didn't think this was it. I didn't think his his stats, his uh, average right now was was gonna stay. I thought he'd be better. I don't think I he's gonna he'd get be better. better. Your point is very. It's a good point, David. If you believe he's gonna get better, I mm. don't think he will. I don't think it's in his skill set to get better. Hmm. I think you're. I think you're uh, under. You're oh, You're underestimating the unicorn. <laughs> You're no, underestimating him. Absolutely not. I'm on the record here. We'll talk about him in <laughs> oh, two or three man. years. If he hasn't improved enough, I want a free dinner. Hey, I want to know what's enough <laughs> for you. What's enough? Well, he's what's getting he's, he's being seen as a second option, right? He is a yeah. second option. Yeah. You think him as a second option is going to get him to a championship? Yes. Yeah, if they improve on what they have. Uh, like you could get a better squad around. So Luca and Kristaps as the two main guys with a better, better role players, I guess, will get him yes. a championship. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see so, it. Yeah. When we have when we when the comparison are duels like LeBron James and Anthony Davis, Giannis and Chris Middleton, Ka- Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, so I think we're I, way off. So you don't know how long that Lakers team's going to be together. You don't know how long the Clippers, the Clippers team going to be together. You don't know if Giannis is still staying there. These two I, are signed to long-term contract. 
Dallas Mavericks are always constantly. So, they got a good coach. They're constantly building up. Yeah, and Mark Cuban's constantly trying to find, trying to make the team win a championship. So <laughs> your argument, your argument to having to being able to see the Mavericks as a championship team is if the level of competition goes down. That's what you guys are saying. That's not saying much about Kristaps Porzingis at all. It's not just that the level of competition goes down. It's just we don't we don't know what the competition will be, but we know what we do know is they, those two are constant. Those two it's because they're both it's a, under it's a twenty five years two, old. They yeah, haven't even reached a their prime. That those two are going to improve. There. But that's an assumption. Your assumption is that Kristaps is going to get better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Luca is going to get better. He is going to get better. Luca I don't is think gonna so. Get, their, proje- I, their projection Luka, is going to get better. Well, I think Luca's going to get better. I don't think Kristaps is going to get much better. I think he might average maybe like 22 points a game, maybe. I don't think he's going to get better defensively. I don't think he's going to get better field goal percentage-wise from the three-point line, which is his main skill set. He might get... I mean, he's averaging two po- uh, 2.1 blocks right now. I, I see them as his max. He's near his max already, like potential already. This I see him. This is him. Like I don't see him changing much as a player at all. Yeah, I guess that's the difference then. But even so, him as a second option when you get these other teams trying to make these you know big duels, I think it's hard to. I it's mean, hard he was to the see the number one option on Knicks, and you, you very, he was like their superstar. But the Knicks were a horrible team. Yes, anyone could have been. Well, not who, anyone, but I don't know about anyone. Yeah, I mean, look at the current Knicks team now. Who? <laughs> okay, but I guess what I'm saying is, like, it's not. I he was pretty popular, right? Yes. But they didn't get him anywhere. Well, they got him a max contract, and that's that's the Mavericks' downfall. There you go. They're paying him way too much money for what he's being able to put out. I that's just my opinion. Okay, let me ask you this then: if Comparing like young duos because those are two are pretty young. Yeah. Would you have them or would you have the Nuggets duo? If you're talking about young duos, I'll put the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Probably. Well, I mean, somebody's got to represent the West. So, if if you're talking about in the next few years, if because that's what me and David are doing, we're projecting that they're going to make it in the next few years. Well, yeah. if, I I don't. I'm you're, not you're, they're you're, not. you're thinking you're thinking right now. We're we're not we're not saying that at all. Well, I, if you're going to say, like, okay, who is going to be the next duo? Like, I'm very high on Luka Doncic. And I will put the Mavericks up there because he is that good. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the dynamic for the Bucks, right? Giannis is just that good, carries the whole team over. Luka is the same way. You could put Kristaps, mean, I think he's more of like a third kind of um, third option kind of player. But Luka is so high that, like, I'll definitely put, I'll pick the Dallas Mavericks just because Luka is so good. I think Christoph Porzingis could be a second option. If Chris Middleton is a second option for the for the Bucks, I'll Christoph take, is a much better second option. I'll take Chris him. Middleton anytime over Christoph. Oh my god. Anytime. <laughs> uh, so argue argue your That's point. Your opinion. That's your argue, opinion. Make your argument. Why is Chris Middleton worse than Christoph's? Chris Middleton is not going anywhere. This is his ceiling. That's it. How much better do you think Christoph's is gonna get? I think he can average like 20, 23, 23, 24. I think he's going to be better. He's still young enough. He could, he, he has plenty of time to improve his game. I think the difference is you don't, 
you think this 24 year old has no more potential yeah coming off an injury but that's that's a that's a huge part of it he had some serious injuries or he had a very serious injury i think that's gonna yeah so i think because now he's basically he's basically just a spot up shooter i think that and that's my point strain on his body to allow him to and that's my point. Like, if we're going to compare Chris Middleton to Kristaps, who's a better... Middleton is shooter. 28 years old. But I guess the point is, like, if we're going to compare skill sets, right? I see Kristaps as a very tall shooter. Chris Middleton is a much better shooter than Kristaps. I mean, Chris Middleton is one of the better shooters in the NBA, period. He's yeah, a 50, okay. 40, 90 guy. You but think Kristaps is going like to get to that point? Yeah, I think so. I think he can 50, get to the 40s. 40s. I think get to the 40s at least. You're very optimistic, man. <laughs> I I like him. I think he's a good second option. I'm not. I'm not I don't think I'm that's. Yeah. I don't think one. that's. I don't think he's the number one option. Expectations. I think that's what's expected. Option? Of him. I don't think that's bad. That's not bad at all. I okay. I, I don't I mean, understand how you see a young guy coming off injury and don't have any more <laughs> potential. Like I don't understand that. I, he's I, only I, 23. <laughs> looking at his physique, how he's so tall and lanky, and mm-hmm. he's having knee issues. I think it's that's a huge red flag. For the okay, same reason, same see that. reason why you have your concerns with Zion, right, Carson? Yeah, I can see that. He's I can very see that. I agree with big, that. heavy, and athletic. I, but Christoph is. Well, so, I argue that his gameplay now with Luka Doncic doing most of the being the number one option on the on the offense, and him mostly being a spot up shooter, that's not going to put him in a same position as New York, where he was the one driving, the, leading the offense. You know, having the ball in his hand all the time. His usage is not as high as it was in New York. I think that could try and shield him from potential injuries. Yeah, that could prolong his career. But, I mean, Zion's also a different story. Zion's game is based off of explosiveness. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to... And I don't think... And he's... Christoph, I don't think, is an explosive player. Uh, but I think he's more finesse. So, to my point, it, it, it sets him up to be... His skill set is as a shooter, correct? Yeah. So his potential is going to come out of him being able to shoot. Mm-hmm. And then I'm comp- and then when we make the comparison, like look at Chris Middleton, who is a better sh- better shooter. He's a ninety, um, a ninety forty fifty guy, right? Or a fifty forty ninety guy. I don't think Chris is going to get anywhere near that. He's uh Chris Middleton right this season is is averaging. He's, he's forty nine point nine. Yeah, forty nine point nine, and he's also at, and he's forty one point eight from three point, and ninety point eight from the free throw line. And then you compare uh, to Chris Russell's mm-hmm. another shooter, quote unquote. Yeah, he's shooting thirty four point nine from the three point line, seventy seven point six from the free throw line, and a forty two percent overall. He still has time to develop. I, I feel like Chris Middleton is a ceiling. That's it. Oh, it's a very nice ceiling, I think, and I think it, that's a fair argument if you guys feel like he can grow to that point where he's a very efficient prolific shooter then yeah i don't see that at all absolutely well, not i i feel like you when you think of second option you think of like somebody equivalent to the first <laughs> but i don't think it's like that at all i well, think that's where i think that's where uh like the disagreement comes in i, th- I don't think me and david are saying that he's going to be like a number one option but we just think that he's just going to be a decent second option I think um, he'll be. A, I mean, he'll be a decent second option. But is a decent second option going to get you a championship? I think yeah, there's I think always so. going to be. I think there's always going to be teams where you have either extremely top-heavy first option, 
or a very balanced first and second option that is higher quality than what Kristaps can give. And that's my point. Because, like, you look at the... I'm using today's okay, NBA can, as a that. comparison. Today's NBA that. as a because, comparison. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that point. Because if you look at the Lakers, I mean, number one and number two, number one option, LeBron, number two, Anthony Davis, you can switch them around and it's, nothing's going to fall apart. It could be Kawhi, Anthony Davis. Yeah. And then the Bucks. Giannis is so top-heavy, right? And then Chris Middleton compliments him so well. I can see that. Yeah. And my argument is, yeah, they're not, but these top heavy superstars, they're already, you know, in their prime years or beyond that. Yeah. These two haven't even reached their prime. They're only just beginning. So you, you don't know if two or three years from now they're at the Anthony Davis and LeBron level. That's their potential. I'm not saying it will be there, but they have the potential for that. Christoph, it's only his third year. Not that I mean, he's plenty of time. He's twenty four, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I'm just very pessimistic. I'm have, I, I see him as a shooter. I yeah. I see him as a shooter, but he's not that we're good not, of a we're shooter. Not, we're not. I'm not uh, disagreeing with you on that point. And if they're gonna utilize him as a second option, as a shooter, they are using him as a second option. As a shoot, yeah. I I think they're. I think they could get someone better <laughs> for that. For for the amount of money they're paying him for that I, skill set. I don't think someone his size and who could shoot like who, and he's a shooter. I don't think so. But that's I, thing, I, don't, hard. I don't. I don't think the size really matters at this point. Ooh, I beg to differ. You don't have to be tall to be a great shooter. It helps. Helps. Also helps on defense then too. Yeah. To shots. But I th- Yeah, I think his right now currently yes his his contract is overpaying. But they're not just they're not paying him for his current production. They're paying him for what he's going to become, his potential. They're paying him because they think he's going to be even better than what he was in New York. And I, I completely agree with it. I mean, they're in a good system. He's a good coach. Yep. Good first option. I mean, he's fine. I think his production in New York was uh, a, a byproduct of having no other options. It was inflated. There was no one else to score the ball. But that's just my opinion. I think that he's pretty much where he's supposed to be. But anyways, we'll move on. <laughs> I kind of want to ask you guys, though, like, the Rockets, you, you really think that they're underperformed? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I just want to go back to this because it's really it blows my mind that you guys think that they underperformed. I think I said this. Uh, I thought they were a very good regular season team. They're number they four. Be, it's not that bad. They were four. I thought they were six, but they're kind of in that range they where they're kind of not I thought they were going to be a very strong number 3 just because they'd be able to get a lot of wins in the regular season. They have two players that can take over the game by themselves and they could just they could have just switched on and off and I think they're getting to that point. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're number 6. They're number 6. Sorry. Number so, 6. I think the fact that Russell Westbrook uh took a little bit longer to get to that point where they can impact the game enough to just win the game by themselves. Uh, it took a little longer than what I expected. That's the whole reason why I think they're underperforming. But I think if the season carried on, I think they would have gotten there to number three because they've been playing much better since uh, Russell Westbrook started uh, being able to carry the load for on days when James Harden isn't able to. Um, they're only one game away from number four, and they're tied with three, two other teams for uh, five, six, seven. So it's not... Yeah, they they can do it. I'm pretty sure they'll yeah. hit number four. 
Yeah, I think they just got off to a slow start. Like, yeah. they had to make that trade in order to get them to, to even get them even further, which I thought was a little disappointing because I thought Clint Capella was involved in their um, future. But yeah, he it was just... so overpaid. Yeah, he was. I think it was it was a, a blessing in disguise. It, it was it was that one se- it was that one season when they almost beat the uh the Warriors. Yeah, Clint Capella played really well that re- that regular season. He was and actually the all... most uh friendly contract to move, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, but that's the disappointment for me in that they had to go small ball. They had to go super small ball, you know. I thought they could have at the preseason, I thought the current lineup with Clint Capella was good enough, but it wasn't good enough. They had to get rid of him and just, you know, go super small ball. And that, that was disappointing to me. Um, but I, I like the way they're playing now. It seems like they're even better. But it's just, Steven said, Russell Westbrook took a long time to get going. He ha- It took a long time because he didn't fit in the team. They had to get rid of Clint Capella and have spacing all around him. Yeah. Super small ball in order to even have him be a worthwhile player. So that was that was disappointing to me. But the way they're playing now, I think there's super small ball lineup. It could lead them pretty far. Anything? Well, I'm just gonna say if you have anything, anybody else have anything to add? But it, look, it looks sounds like you do. Yeah, just for the Miami Heat, just get back to the Miami Heat and talk more about them. They're a very underrated lineup, not just in the league, but just how crucial those two players are for the team. The Miami Heat only have one point guard on her roster, and that's Goran Dragic. They only have one point guard, and he's not been starting because Jimmy Butler <laughs> and Bam Adebayo are basically their point guards. It allows them to play Kendrick Nunn at point guard, where he, you know, I think his ceiling is like a six-man type role. He's not really yeah. a true starting point guard. Um, so having, you know, having Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo allows for this lineup to work to have only one point guard on your team, having a center being, you know, being ball handler as well. Like they do so much for the offense and defense two-way player. First of all, they they are crucial to this team, to the Miami Heat. The offense runs through both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're the two best defensive players as well. So it's just like, oh man, they're so important. Co-MVPs of the team. I agree. Very high on Bam. I like what I see. Very excited for his future. Hopefully the Heat will keep him. Should be no reason why they they can't. <laughs> I kind of want to ask this. Would you, if they sign him, it, they shouldn't sign Giannis, even though I want them to get Giannis. You sign the best players and just figure out later. Just, I mean, if they could get them both, just get them both. Do you I think like so? <laughs> you, you would have Giannis and Bam on the same team? Yes, that's, I, I don't think that's gonna work, but I'm okay yes. with it. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Man, I I'm a huge fan of keeping your homegrown talent. I like to see Bam stay in the Heat and just have his career there. And then he's gonna get a max contract. That's yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. He's gonna he's gonna get a max contract. Somebody's gonna give it to him. If the Miami Heat's not gonna give it to him, somebody's gonna give him a max contract. There are plenty of teams in the league who wouldn't mind having Bam. I don't understand why you don't think the Heat would offer him a max, though. 
if they want if they want Giannis, I don't know if they're gonna do that. Yeah, like That's if they were to yeah, I agree with Carson. If the Miami Heat were to somehow get Giannis, yeah, I don't think it would offer the max to Bam. Yeah, if if Pat Riley wants to go all in on Giannis, I don't think he's gonna offer the max to Bam. That's interesting. I I think how it play out is they're gonna convince Bam to hold out, and then they're gonna make like because Bam and Giannis have the same agent. They could just be very clear and be like, hey, is Giannis willing to come to the Heat? And obviously they're going to offer him the max. And then they could know right away, like, uh, no, um, oh. you know, Giannis is not coming to the Heat. So then they're like, okay, we'll just offer your other client, you know, the max. I think that there's incentive for them to kind of look out for the best for look out for the best for both players. So they'll be able to figure that out very efficiently. So if they know that Giannis will come to the Heat, they could just like, all right, bam, you're free to go pursue another contract max somewhere else. But if Giannis says like no, um, I'm not coming, then the Heat will be like, okay, we'll offer Bam the max. I mean, Pat Riley should just sit down with Bam and just tell him straight up, look, we're trying to sign Giannis. If he says no, we're gonna give you the max. That, I mean, he just be honest with it, just be upfront. But I think they have room for both. I don't understand why you have to be stingy. Because then you're you're holding up money with two players that do the same thing. <laughs> you're hampered. It's going to look like uh, the 76ers team, which I do not like. I, I don't want the Heat to become like that. But you're basing this on, you could argue Bam could potentially develop even more, at least offensively. From a three-point shot? Should... No. <laughs> no, thank you. The oh, three-point shot is kind that. of... He was, he was shooting threes during the workout. They only drafted him because they asked Bam and Bio, can you shoot threes? And he shot threes in the workout, and he didn't make them. So that's why they drafted him. So they had the same concerns as well that he, you know, he his offense was very limited. But and he has shot in summer league, and he shot in the workouts. I know those don't really mean much, but it does. He does have potential to shoot threes. But that, I think you're the... being optimistic. <laughs> that's being very blunt. I think it could get better, but not to. You need to put shooters around both either one of those players. And then you're having three max contracts with the mm-hmm. Heat. There's one you're hampering the amount of shooters you're going to have around them. And then you're going to rely on either one of them to becoming a very high, pro- uh, not high prolific, but very efficient shooters from the three-point line, which they're, they might improve, but I don't think they're going to get to the point where they're like, all right, you're just, you know, you're going to be a, a, a long-range shooter. And then if you are, it kind of takes away some of their you know, the reason why they're being paid that much. It's kind of like Kevin Love or Chris Bosh. You know, you're going to pay them that much, but then you, if you're asking them to do something that they're not at that, you know, highly capable of doing, then you're spending your money to not be as efficient as possible. You know, for the dollar that you're putting to have Bam or Giannis make, make three-point shots, I think it takes away some of the value that you're supposed to get from your money. Well, again, I think you're signing this on just what they currently are. You, you don't see the potential for young players to develop even more. Like book, like we talked about Bro Lopez at the beginning of the uh, this podcast. You know, he never had a three point shot, but he added it. There's no, I mean, I don't think there's any any reason why we don't think he can develop a respectable three point shot. And it's not like it's it's out of nowhere. It's not like he don't. It's it, he's never done it before. He has worked on it in previous off-seasons. I'm not saying he's going to be a great three-point shot shooter, but there is a potential for him to develop it. 
completely agree, agree with you. It's, I, with I would be a lot more optimistic if they had right now a better three-point field goal percentage. Like Bam is under 10% and Giannis is at 30%. And I think they might improve maybe 2 or 3% per year. Well, Bam is definitely going to go higher much more than that. But Giannis, he's already kind of like having that that struggle where like this is yeah kind of I, like i'm not including Giannis in this about three-point shooting <laughs> yeah i don't think Giannis is gonna get any better on the three-point bam i could see i i think he has i potential. it's hard for me to see the potential when he, he barely takes any three-point shots i guess that's what i'm saying i don't but know he's... anything about his three-point potential except for the fact that he's at under 10 percent right now so he didn't win the skills challenge just... when he and making three <laughs> Just wanting it out there. <laughs> well, like I said, they they only drafted him because well, they draft that was the only reason. But Pat Riley gave him workout, and he told Bam Bile, "Can you shoot threes?" And Bam Bile shot threes in the workout enough for them to convince Pat Riley to draft him. It's not he's like a post up player or like a post up center who never shoot threes. It is in his repertoire. It's just this is his first year starting, and he doesn't really have. No, he's still learning the offense. I don't think this is just because he doesn't shoot. He's not. He's only shooting ten percent right now. Doesn't mean it can't be an explosion of that later on, especially when he's only like twenty-two. Possible. No, I completely agree with you. I think he's going to get better, but I just don't know if he's going to like. Are our teams really going to respect his three-point shot? So yeah. So I guess this just comes down to opinion. But yeah, I think he would develop a three-point shot that. Where teams can't leave him open, but that's about it. He should just be a a spot up three point shooter. Not that's his his ceiling, I would think, in three point. I mean, I I I, I could see it. And don't forget, we had Jimmy Butler telling him, you know, he made a bet with Bam Adebayo. Jimmy Butler said, if you don't take a three point shoot, you don't attempt a three point shot, you get you're owing me five hundred dollars. He's like, owing him a lot of five hundred dollars. Yeah, he right does. Now. I'm not saying he doesn't, <laughs> but he does owe Jimmy Butler a lot of money. But the entire team is trying to encourage him to take three-pointers. I'm not speaking for myself, but the organization sees him as shooting threes. I, I can see that. But I, I just want to point out, though, do you think Pat Riley will want to wait and allow Bam Adebayo to do that? That's a problem. Pat Riley, he, he, he wants to win now. He's not, he's not trying to win in the future. He wants to win now. He's preparing for... Uh, it's not a problem now, because you could have one non-shooter on the roster. I understand now is not an issue because Giannis's contract is not up yet. But when it is up and everybody is in for the Giannis sweepstakes, do you think that Bam has enough time to develop a shot by then? That would mean he yeah. just has until next year. Yes, it's off season. Next year, next year off yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's enough? Yeah, by then, hopefully. I mean, if it's if if he has a respectable shot, like shooting in the thirties, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with signing, giving all three of them that contracts. I'm just saying, you guys are crazy if you go let Bam Adebayo go under any circumstances, even if you have Giannis. There is no situation where you give up Bam. Wow. Well, I'm high on Bam, but if you give him max contract, who? I mean, the other money, where are you going to get all the rest of the other players? This is just like how the, when they had LeBron James, Deion Wade, I mean, not Deion, Dwayne Wade, and uh, Chris Bosh. <laughs> Deion Wade? <laughs> You're about to say Deion Wade. <laughs> okay, so you would see Bam in Chris Bosh's role as a third fiddle to uh, the big three. Just, if, yeah, not, I don't, 
I don't think he'll be as great of a shooter as Chris Bosh from three-pointer, but I think he could develop a respectful shot where teams can't leave him open. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way that would, the contract would make sense. So let's say if he's not projecting to be that type of player, would you still give him the money? Like, let's say that yeah. he the next two seasons, he's just shooting like below 30%. Yeah, because he's still 22 years old. You can't you can't act like these young players are not going to improve. And a lot of these contracts, like these max contracts, are based on potentials as well. My mindset is, if we do get Giannis, Pat Riley's going to be, we're going to win this right now. We don't care about potential of anyone. We're going to sell every potential that we have to get any assets that we need that will get us to win right now. And I don't think that Pat Riley would be in the mindset of like, we're going to bank on winning a championship on the hopes that Bam is going to develop his three-point shot. I think it's going to be too much of a risk there. That, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm, I'm more afraid of, of what they're going to build around that team if they have all three of them. Because I don't think Duncan Robinson's not going to be there. He's also one of their other shooters. His contract, I don't think his contract's going to be up unless they resign him. The only shooter that they're going to have still on the team, on the roster, I think is just going to be Tyler Hero. They need to have shooters on that team. If you have all three of them, right? Yeah, I mean, all three of us can agree on that, right? Like, yeah. they're not yes, gonna, they're the not problem? gonna get anybody else. They're just gonna have Why to find they get anybody else. No, I'm saying like they're not gonna find other people with other skill sets. They're just gonna find people who can shoot. Yeah, that's what right? they have now. They have shooters, yeah. but their shooters can't defend. Yeah, but obviously, all those three are gonna be able to defend. I mean, I'm pretty sure all three of them are gonna can lock down half the court, and it'll be mm-hmm. fine. Oh yeah, defensively, it'll be amazing. Yeah, they, they they can lock down half court. You can you can leave Bam out of bounds guarding the point guard, and that'll be fine. I mean, <laughs> he, he can do it. What I what I'm worried about is what can they get to complement them. I'm I'm more worried about that if they sign all three of them. I mean, it's the same worry you had when the Heatles days. I, honestly, I wasn't that worried back then <laughs> because all three of them I were like number one options. This team is not like that. Completely different than the Heatles, in my opinion. How would it be different? Because, because Chris signing was players shoot- to Chris- minimum contract, and I think shooting. No, 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 no. It's, it, it's not that. Yeah. It's what the three of them are made are. What the three of them are. Chris Bosh came in. You knew he can shoot. LeBron and Dwayne Wade. If all three of them were played the same way, I'm not even positive that they could have won two championships. Maybe one, but not two, because they were already in their prime too. I'm just more worried about their 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 skill set and how they're going to complement each other to win. That's okay. what I'm more afraid of. Also, not only that, but I'm more also afraid that Pratt Riley wants to win now, so he's not going to give time for Bam Adebayo. I agree with you that they should re-sign him because I like Bam, but I don't know if he Pat Riley is going to make that is going to think like that. Do you see what I'm saying? I think gonna what win. you think how Pat Pat Riley reacts is incorrect, but. That's... I mean, you're going to have that. I, 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 that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Yeah. I don't know what he's thinking. None of us do. So, but I mean, I think he he's all in on Bam Albio. Like, he's not giving oh, up. Yeah. He's anything. the one who draft, he drafted him. He's a Kentucky player. <laughs> yeah, so why will he give him up? Even Why will he give him up? Why will he not sign him to the max? Because I, I, I think his, his drive to win now will trump his pick for Bam Albio. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's what we're stuck at. But yeah, I think it can work. But I like Bam, but I don't know. I would. I have to give Bam more time. I want to give him more time, and then I think he's going to turn into what I think he could turn into a second option or first option. 
I'm, I have really high hopes for him. But anyways, anything else you guys want to add? Can't wait till Bam develop a three-point shot. <laughs> if this happens... <laughs> I hope you are right, sir. I hope you're right, too. really nice with the heat. I really do. <laughs> uh, but if I'm saying, like... Shot, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying that you're wrong, David. But I, I understand. But what yeah. I see on his stats and how he plays, he doesn't right. even take people. I can't make right. any sort he doesn't. of... He doesn't. I can't, I can't predict the future, you know? It's like... Based on what I see at this point, is just not in his tool set to say that he can shoot the three. All right. I'm going to link you guys his workout. I mean, understand these are... I know which workout you're talking about. Because I, I, I remember the interview when uh, they interv- when they introduced uh, Bam Adebayo. Pat Riley said the same exact thing. I just want to counter-argue so... this with a workout from Dwight Howard making a bunch of three-pointers. <laughs> I think oh, it's but was he by himself though? He's just yeah, shooting. Yeah, he was by himself. I don't. I, that's what I <laughs> thought you meant by a workout. I don't know what kind of workout. Oh that man, I mean, like, like I think there was some in summer league where he was shooting threes against competition. But not even that. But Bam Adebayo's shot isn't broken. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's and good. He, he has a good form. Yeah, it, it's not it's not bad. So I complete. I agree with you that he can develop a three point shot. I just don't know if I guess the amount of time is the amount of time that that's it takes true. for him yeah. to develop who, who it. Who knows how long I'm, it takes? Yeah, that's 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 true. That, that's that's why I don't know if they can win now with him by that time. I think it's gonna might it might take him another year. It might take him one more year. Yeah, or it might not. For all we we don't know, but if he does develop it next year, man, just sign all three. <laughs> give him a max contract. By all means, just give it to him. If he shoots in the thirty percent, if he shoots in like the thirties from a three-point line, oh man, give him a max contract next year. Uh, they're gonna have the horse championship being played on ESPN tonight. The what? They're doing a horse competition on ESPN with some of the NBA players, retired and current NBA players, some WNBA players. Oh my Doesn't god! Let's put some content okay. on edit TV. This out. Edit that out. And also, we got a shout out to Devin Booker as the current 2020 oh, 2K <laughs> champion. 2K20. He beat his teammate in DeAndre Ayton in the finals. We can clearly see where their priorities lie. <laughs> Is Myers Lander involved in that too, or no? No, Derek Jones wasn't play there. Okay. Derek Jones played, uh, you know who he beat? He beat Kevin Durant. I forgot. Some people chose the Heat to play in the, uh, in the tournament. Which was surprising. It was Zach Levine, and he lost. Yeah. <laughs> lost in the first round with the Heat. All right. Well, I guess that's it. This is the, uh, the Heat Assist Podcast. See you later, everybody.